We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Good evening, I'm Dan Day, and we're getting through this Monday by making it a Miami Monday. Going to tailor the show just a little extra Miami because on Mondays, you can use all the help you can get. So on the way, going to hear from the Joe Rose Show talking to Miami head coach Manny Diaz. Then Mr. Miami, Dan Levitar, going to be joined by Mina Kimes. Then we'll hear from Hawk and Crowder, Hawkman. He is an alumnus of the University of Miami. And Crowder, he played for the Dolphins. How do you like them apples? How do you like these headlines? They're coming to you right now. The Dolphins fell to 2-8 and eight on the season yesterday, losing 37-20 to the Bills. Tonight, it's the Chiefs and Chargers kicking off at 8-15. Despite having a bye week, the Canes were eliminated from winning the ACC Coastal Division over the weekend when Virginia Tech defeated Georgia Tech 45-0. The U will face FIU Saturday at Marlins Park. Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa dislocated his hip Saturday in a game against Mississippi State. He is out for the season. In other college football news, two players have decommitted from Miami, defensive back Darren Branch and wideout Marcus Fleming. Saturday, the Panthers' Joel Quinville gathered his 900th win as a coach when Florida defeated the Rangers 4-3. Panthers are back in action tomorrow against the Flyers at 7 from the BB&T. The MLS will hold its expansion draft tomorrow. Inter-Miami will be allowed to take five from a select pool of players. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a Cocoa Beach man returned a wedding ring that he found on the beach to a Colorado woman who had recently lost it. The surprise is not that he found the ring. The surprise is that a Floridian found something valuable and didn't keep it for themselves. The Richmond Roadrunners Club in Virginia held a run where 175 people donned T-Rex costumes and ran through a park. Hello, new life goal. A Texas woman gave birth in the passenger seat of a car while riding down I-45 in Houston. Man, something really needs to be done about that terrible rush hour traffic. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast is partly cloudy with temperatures in the high 60s. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for more info. As I said, it is a Miami Monday. Hit me up on Twitter at DanDayRadio, hashtag Miami Monday. And if I like it, I may just repeat it later in the show. Going to have some Miami music on the way from a Miami band. But right now, let's get into the Joe Rose Show. Joe Rose, he played for the Dolphins, caught Dan Marino's first touchdown as a professional. He caught up with the U's head coach, Manny Diaz. What they talk about? Recruiting. The special game happening this Saturday, handling juniors and the draft, and the U youth movement. Manny, uh, man, the high school football playoff games, just some unbelievable ones. And I was thinking of you, man. Were, were you guys able? Was it a big go out and watch game recruiting weekend or not necessarily? Myself and a bunch of our coaches were out and about. You know, the, week, the, the rule is you can only visit a school one time 
throughout the entire fall. So usually the odds are by the playoff time, the, the schools that are going to be in the playoffs, we have probably been to those schools to a game earlier in the year. Uh, so you can't go back. So a lot of times these great matchups, you're not allowed to be on the sideline for that. And it'd be hard to wait until this time of year to anticipate what matchups would be which. So, but yeah, we're out and about. It's a good week for us to, to get some recruiting in. I, I just wonder, is it is it more about watching the guys that you've already verbally committed to or is it guys that are still on the fence or how, how do you how do you go about treating that one coach you only have a certain amount of coaches that's a good question it's a, it's a little bit of both I mean there are times when you are truly getting an evaluation of whether they you know they fit and you think they can play or not and sometimes you've already made the evaluation you know they can play and you're there just to, to let them know that you're there and, and and that how important they are to you and a lot of times when you, when you go to the game you're not just finding out whether they can play you can find that on a film you're seeing what happens between the plays, what kind of teammate they are, their yeah. passion for the game, how do they handle when things go well, how do they handle when things don't go well, uh, which is so important. You know, Manny, it's not fair that all this stuff's in the newspaper and everybody talks about it and you come on <laughs> and we can't talk about schools and names and all that stuff. It really sucks, Coach. It really does. That's just that's the life we live. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> compliance would not be happy. Joe. I didn't, We're I didn't know how Coach out. was going to answer that. He one. answered it perfectly. Good. Compliance. Someone in compliance is uh, clapping for you right now, Manny. All right, Manny, you got you, oh, you got a road game this week. Real big road trip for you down the street. Actually, closer to campus than probably Hard Rock Stadium. FIU this week at the uh, old site of the Orange Bowl. Uh, how big is this game for your team? Obviously, but how weird is it going to be playing on the old soil of the Orange Bowl? It's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, we're at, we actually stay in our home hotel, and instead of uh, pulling off north on 95, we just get to, to turn turn left and, and head right into Little Havana. I think it's going to be special for us. I think it's going to be special for you know all football fans in South Florida. Just again, just setting the GPS on the car and, and turning down there and parking in someone's front yard and and you know walking to the you know into Marlins Park and just seeing a football game. You know, it's obviously a little disorienting. The, the field goes north south instead of east west like it used to. Uh, back in the OB, but it, it, it'll be great to be back in Little Havana, and, and it, sh- it should be a great atmosphere in there. Coach, I saw one of the things in the off week. Uh, you talked about talking to some of the players that are thinking uh, about coming out early and, and just giving them your evaluation and talking to them. It's been a problem at the U, as you know, in the past where we've had some guys, and I don't know if they're getting the advice from family, uh, early agents talking to them, but some guys that were either not taken in the draft or taken sixth or seventh round, which I think is a big old mistake. How do you get around that, and what kind of information can you get to these guys, Coach? The information, we, it's not our information. The information we give them is, is from the league. And what we do is we just we poll different teams uh, to be as honest and upfront with um, with their evaluation of where they think they would go as, as they possibly can. And we, we just sit down and we pass along to, to each of the gentlemen. It, it, it is unfair to say every time they go, it's a mistake, and sometimes there are. So, so, you know, every situation is different. But we definitely want to let them know that if they go, it's a one-time thing. And, and our, you know, the big term we always talk about is never settle. You know, and don't don't take good when great's available. And if you look at an example like what Shaq Quarterman has done by coming back and the level he's playing at his senior year, and, and we want to start to create an example, I think kind of reversing the trend you're speaking about, the guys that did come back last year who are big-time guys, look at the year they're having, even a guy like Zach McLeod to come back for a fifth year, and I suspect we'll have some of those guys in our junior class this year that can do the thing. And now if I'm a young guy, I say, okay, you know what? This isn't just, you know, stay here for three years and take whatever deal I'm, I'm offered. You know, let me, let me maximize my 
time at Miami and also maximize Miami. You know, I think there's another part of that, too. It's about, you know, what can I do for the University of Miami, which is, again, that's something that Shaq and Picking had in, had in their mind. Well, Coach, obviously there's a couple of things to just keep this going. The risk of injury, I understand, coming back another year. I always wonder, though, this side. If there used to be if you're not a first-rounder, you come back. Then it was you're not a first- or second-rounder, you come back. But the amount of money now, and it looks like, especially the first, I don't know if you agree, but it seems to be the first five rounds look pretty safe to make the team unless they're just really bad. So so what do you tell guys? Do they ever ask you, like, how do you feel about it? What rounds before the cutoff of not turning pro? Well, we, we have all the data. We let the data talk, and and we have all the money. You know, all the, all the slots are, are, okay. are guaranteed now, basically. So the big thing you look at is, is the guaranteed money. And when does the guaranteed money start to, to, to really dip? And you can see massive differences between round two, round three, certainly anything after the, the, the first 100 picks, which really gets you through round three. It really just, you know, plateaus, you know, down at a level after that. But you're you showing what it all what it all amounts to, yeah. um, and 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 also the data of the odds of being on a roster in five years based off of where you're picked. Because then there is the other idea of like we'll go play for the second contract, but you got to play to win a second contract, right? They don't give people second contracts that are backups, right? And so it's that idea of like, okay, well, if you just say, okay, well, I'm going to go now, and I'll just get in there for four years, do my service, and get into a second deal. Okay, that's fine, but you got to create stats. I mean, you know, we just talked about. It. They're paying you for productivity, That's right? right. And, and what they're doing, and we tell the guys, like, look, it's like if you want to get your car washed, and the first guy offers you $100 to get the car washed, and you're going to go find out another guy for 50 and then another guy washes for 25 and you're going to find another guy washing your car for $12. You're going to go to the guy for $12. And that's really what they want. The NFL just wants their car washed, and they really want to pay you as little as possible to do it. So just walking them through what all that means. And like I said, it is not all, we are not convincing them to stay. We are trying to convince them to make the best decision for themselves, which often is staying, but it's not always staying. And I think that the players will always appreciate that we're not just trying to you know to lobby for um or, or college football we, we we want what's best for them but we definitely don't want guys to settle um, when there's other things out there coach beginning of the season a hot topic not just here or through the media but i'm sure in coaches rooms also was the offensive line and uh the play of the offensive line earlier in the season they've obviously gotten a lot better uh, throughout the season is that just time together is that growth of, of, of certain young guys like what do you kind of what, what do you kind of say is the answer to all that so far how the o-line has gotten better they have they have really worked hard um I think Butch Berry's done an amazing job of just, number one, just their confidence, because as you mentioned, there was, you know, when you think you're a problem or when you think you have a problem, that is half the problem right there. And just and just believing in those guys and just understanding that things are going to improve if they just stick to the technique and learn. And it's been a long year, like we talked about last week with Jaron. We almost forget now we are still playing with two true freshmen, you know, two sophomores and a junior there. Um, and we were so inexperienced. You're, you're, it's a new system, new scheme, you know, learning all these new things. And the way that they have improved, and, 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 and I think what really what stood out early in the year is that let's go find five guys that will compete. You know, when we talked about, you know, some of the things we knew going into year one, let's get a team that, that competes. And we know that if we compete, the execution will get better. We felt like we found five guys that were fighters, five guys that, that would, would play hard for, for Miami, and then five guys that were going to make some mistakes early in the year. But their level of competitiveness never waned. And then as they got better with their technique, now you're seeing the results start to improve. Coach, it's been really important just to follow up on what Zach just said is, is that some of these young guys really started, whether it's a true freshman or redshirt freshman or sophomores, 
that have really stepped up their game, and you've had a bunch, man. I'm just looking at the roster of guys from Zion to Greg Russo to Jaron Williams. The list goes on and on of young guys that have now got some playing time, but you're seeing them play like frontline guys. It's just it's different for every guy, and I know the light goes on differently for everybody. Who's made the biggest jump for you? Well, we're so young. I mean, that's that's the thing about our team. We obviously have such a young team. That's why we went you know, into the – the portal a year ago to try to bring some age in because we were so sophomore and freshman heavy on our entire football. But I mean, there's so many guys that have made a big jump, but I mean, the one guy that just pops out is a guy like D Wiggins, you know, as a sophomore, all of a sudden now is making plays back to back weeks with, you know, big time explosive plays. And, you know, basically the, the game clinching touchdown at Florida state. And, and it's just so fun to see guys, you know, like D and we can certainly talk about the offensive line with, you know, Zion and Ja'Kai Clark and the difference that they've made. And, and even we, you know, the sort of the old head Corey Gaines, of course, just a sophomore in there at center. So, I mean, all across the board, there are there are so many players like that who have just found a way to, to continue to improve, to continue to get better. It's easy to talk about the Rousseaus and those type guys. And, and again, to forget that they're just freshmen as well. But um, it is fun to see the youth gain confidence. And I think that's part of it, too. You've got to get in the game and you got to make a play to realize you can do it. You know, I mean, you, you, you make it in practice and you, you, you get competitive and you really just got to get in that game. And all of a sudden, when it happens, you get that confidence and now you know it can happen again and, and that hunger follows. Coach, is this recruiting class going to be for you or in, in general? I haven't really talked to you about this, but I wanted to hit it a little bit. Is it more about position or, or taking the best players out there, even if it means you, you've already got a couple at the same position, but he's so damn good, I got to take him too? I, how do you treat that? Well, you always are going to take the best class you can possibly take. And, and in, a, in a class this year with our numbers where we expect to sign every position in essence, so it's not like we would not take a you know insert position here and then all of a sudden we will because this guy is just available. But there are positions for sure where there are guys that you think, well, listen, this guy is just an, an elite talent and you would take him no matter what. Uh, the number says you always have to balance your numbers in your on your roster to make sure you're, you're not um, too full in one class at one position. Uh, so that is always a balance. But but yeah, there's there's no doubt that that we're trying to field the best football team the University of Miami can field, and, and, and you never pass down elite talent to do that. When you guys sit down, I know this is a big part of what you guys do behind the scenes. When you're going through all these players, and I'm just going through the paper where some guys have really come on late and gotten your eye, and I know that's going to happen because guys do develop at different times in, in high schools where you can see the upside of a guy. Does everything go through you at the end? you got to say yay or nay, or or do you listen to your coordinators? How do you go about that whole process, Coach? We have a whole process. It goes it goes right up the chain. We have a great recruiting department um, who's constantly watching everything that's going on. Uh, then that goes to our assistant coaches. That goes to our coordinators. It goes to me. We sit there and we, we, we watch it as a group because um, I want to be in a room where guys are defending a guy, where all opinions are, are, are flushed out as to whether this guy's a, a, a take or not a take. Um, you have to, you have to uh, obviously, we have to research academics you have to research character what you know you see so much in the game now what is your passion for the game you know because again there are guys that are talented that football can't be a habit you can't like it you know you got to love it so many of those things go into the evaluation um but one thing that is very important i've always believed this with recruiting down here is the senior year has to matter and because again certain guys do develop at certain times there are certain guys, because of how great some of the high school programs are down here, who didn't start as sophomores or juniors because they might have three guys that went pro, uh, to, to college at their position at their school the year before. So all of a sudden they, they pop on the scene and, and do that. So, yeah, you're always evaluating and find the best class you can. Manny, full body of work from uh, the meeting rooms and video watching practices and then on to games, Jaron Williams this season. How impressive, how impressive has he been to you uh, from all that, considering this year it's his first time as a starter? Yeah, it's easy to forget that it is. And I think, what, you know, Jaron 
is learning and has learned and done a great job of is, is all it takes to be a starting quarterback at the University of Miami. That it's, it's so much more than throwing passes. And you know, it's always says you have to have the you know the mind of a coach and the, and the game of a player. And, and that means that you have to think this game all the time, you know, in terms of the way that you prepare during the week, because that just comes down to your anticipation. Your anticipation on when to make the throws comes down to your film study uh, during the week. And I, and I think Jared has is, is, is learned that, learning how to prepare for these games. He's been, in terms of his, his moxie and his poise, I think he showed that at the Florida game, his toughness. I think we saw that week, you know, week zero, really, for a freshman in that environment. Um, the fact that he never flinched in there, um, but now going forward, you know, just his level of consistency of performance is what really stands out. We know he can spin it. We know he can throw the ball. Uh, we know he can make all the throws, but becoming that guy that just, you know, understands and, and can lead our offense has been the fun thing to watch. Coach, I know you're aware of this, but I got to ask you anyway, uh, the Orange Bowl could be in the Orange Bowl. Have you guys thought about that with two more wins? We talk about that right now we have basically 12 days left of our regular season and we've got to just win each day um we are really not a very good football team when we think about anything other than what's right at our hand uh we've kind of displayed that this year so right now we're really really locked in we we we, we just know we didn't think about well i know this we weren't thinking about any bowl game when we were sitting there three and four we're trying to figure we're sitting there on a sunday (laughs) that's a good point we weren't either we weren't either no 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 one was right no one was and and we didn't get to this point by thinking about that so it would be foolish to start doing that now we know the little things the the accountability the players being connected to each other is what is what's gotten us uh, back on track and i think we'll just sort of stick with that and at the end of the year wherever they send us uh, we'll be happy to go start packing for that big road trip this weekend manny good luck marlin's park coach PM saturday right. night at least, at least we don't have to go up north to, to north day with this cold weather you know what I mean? we just, we little... <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's it thank you manny as always oh man okay guys have a great one Manny Diaz has the U rolling, and I don't want to upset FIU fans, but I hope they keep rolling this weekend when the two play at Marlins Park, a.k.a. the old site of the Orange Bowl. Love you, FIU, but the Canes have my heart. Speaking of the Canes having their heart, Dan Lebitard links up with Mina Kimes next, talking about football plus Stugatz weekend observations. Not to mention, I'll have some music from a Miami band to feature, since it is a Miami Monday on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day on this Miami Monday, and you know we tailor the show a little more Miami on Monday, so here is music from a local band by the name of the Lemon City Trio. Enjoy. Yeah, feeling that one right there. It's called... Liminapolis. I guess we're all living here in Liminapolis. One guy we're living down here with, Dan Levitard, and we love it. Weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe. Earlier today, we heard Stugatz weekend observations, plus the lovely Mina Kimes joined the show, breaking down Cap's workout, and please don't challenge pass interference. It is time for Stugatz to share his game notes. No one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boys, too. Dan, after two consecutive road wins by a combined 43 points, Dan, Matt Ryan, and the Atlanta Falcons are back. Matty Ice. Speaking of ice, Levitard Wedding. No ice sculpture with free-flowing tequila. Disappointing. You made up for it, though, with those donuts. Notre Dame, the rare 50-burger. With a side of meaningless. Somebody. Anybody. Give me one good reason. Tom Herman. 
still has a job. Whoever coaches the Pacers deserves a raise. Loss at home to LSU. Tua out for the year. Alabama has college football right where they want him. Tua injury. Had to Hurts. Baylor. That had to Hurts. Baylor. That's what happens when you make deals with the devil. Ran into Hall of Famer Andre Dawson this weekend. And of course, we had a great 15-minute conversation about swimming. The Hawk. Uh, you're wedding. 49 points on uh, 41 shots. Is that good? 49 points. 41 shots. It's okay. They say uh, they say you're doing your job defensively if you hold a guy to a point of shot. Greg Cody had 41 shots. Still doesn't know how to drink. It is. It's stunning. He's 60-something years old and has been drinking for 50 years. NFL, here's your problem. Kareem Hunt and Joe Mixon are welcome to play in your league, and Colin Kaepernick is not. The sample size is large enough. The Celtics are better without Kyrie Irving. The Rockets seem to be working just fine for something that reportedly isn't working. Denver Nuggets win the award for best team that no one cares about. So we are clear. Tua was playing in a meaningless point of a meaningless game and cost himself millions of dollars for a man making $11 million per year. Dwayne Haskins, still not ready. Tom Brady, the rare time, the winning quarterback, looked like he lost. For those of you who are going to pick the Ravens over the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, I'm telling you now, don't do it. I care about you. Rams, 29 points, last two games. Boy wonder, I have my eyes on you. Colin Kaepernick worked out for eight NFL teams over the weekend and has never felt further away from returning to the NFL. Last week, I said, the Saints were better without Drew Brees. <laughs> this week, I'm saying I was wrong. <laughs> Amazingly, the Titans didn't play, yet remain firmly entrenched in the mix. Todd Gurley, good to see you again. Mitchell Trubisky, turning off all televisions. Collision course. Cowboys, weapons, lots of weapons. Saban left him in to a long. Julian Edelman is the most effective quarterback in New England. I care about myself. I didn't say that. All right, Mike wrote that one in. Okay, Mike, don't do it. I care about you. Here come the Falcons. It's an observation. They're three and seven. Oh, here they come. Their defense all of a sudden can't be stopped. They were one and seven. Yes. And now they're three and seven. Yes. Here they come, Dan. All right, put it on the poll, Guillermo, at Levitard Show. <laughs> if they're one and seven and then three and seven, is it here they come? More than any other team, something feels exactly right about the Titans' bye week where they neither win or lose. Raptors, Lakers, Larry, collision course, Blues, Isles, Stanley, collision course. By the way, that should be the Titans' slogan. We don't win, but... We also don't lose. <laughs> M&D Black, 2022. You worked hard, played great, and beat us by a goal in a terrific game. Awesome job. I'm being serious. I will say this lovingly, and no one, and I mean no one, better get mad at me. It won't happen again. The Panthers and the refs. A little sketchy. The Panthers might want to rethink the whole Cam Newton thing. Raiders, Bengals, please. Never let me have to watch that again. You want another cure for seeing ghosts, Dan? Yes. The Redskins. Michael Jordan got a gem 
in P.J. Washington. Christian McCaffrey is a bowling ball. Baylor, hell knows no fury like a scorn woman. Speaking of hell, our priles. Dan, those are the weekend observations. Did I just hear Mina Kimes, senior writer for ESPN the magazine, and you could check out her daily podcast that gets you updated on all sports things, say that that was her favorite television show of all time? X-Men the Animated Series? Absolutely. My brother and I taped the entire thing. We put it on VHS. I want to say when it re-aired, and then my mom threw them all out. I'm still so angry about this. Wow. Is it weird that we introduce you as senior writer for ESPN the magazine? Yeah, I guess I need a new... You did a good job running through the other stuff. ESPN.com now that yeah. ESPN the magazine is gone. I writer. thought ESPN the magazine still sort of existed as an... E- that long-form writing at ESPN.com is ESPN the magazine. Right. Well, you mm. had like right. the first feature of like the new pivot. Right, right. How about the Age of Apocalypse? That oh, saga? Yeah, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. The Dark Phoenix stuff? Yeah. Incredible. Dark Phoenix was a, an incredible saga. I, I really like the... I watched back the episode where they discover Nightcrawler and Rogue. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, it was, it was just like, I don't want to spoil it for truly you Truly like but. the paradise lost for yeah, kids our you know, age. the final season was only five episodes. Did you say just senior writer? I'll take whatever. Junior, senior, super senior. How uh, how how did you react to everything that happened uh, in the poisoned Kaepernick situation where they can't even, they distrust, yeah. both sides distrust each other so much that they can't even conduct a, a billion dollar, in, a multi-billion dollar industry can't even conduct a workout without uh, oil spilling all over the place. Well, it's funny, Dan, because the news from that was breaking while we were all at your wedding. So every now and then you could see someone kind of peeking at their phone. And the thought occurred to me, it's kind of like when, I don't know, the president and the vice president are on a plane. Right. You can't do that in case of that's how I felt being at your wedding, because I was like, Bomani Jones is there. Pablo Torre is there. Who's going to weigh in on the Internet if uh, he actually something actually happens? And then I was thinking, maybe what if he signed while you were like during the ceremony? I probably would have had to stand up and interrupt it because you would have wanted to know. Did you take a side uh, when you saw it all happen? I understand yeah. why Colin Kaepernick wouldn't sign any waivers, no matter how standard they are. Uh, I understand why he would be defiant after three years of his sure. pride. Uh, prime taken away, but I also understand the NFL saying, hey, we kind of allowed a Nike crew, even though Nike denies there was any crew. We we made a lot of last-second concessions for Colin and still wasn't good enough. I think you're right. I've seen the argument, this is sort of the Stephen A. video thing, which Mike made me watch at 1 a.m. at your wedding, uh, that Oh, if he really wanted it, he would have got, you know, jumped through the hoops. He would have continued to eat feces. And I get why people think that, right? Like, if you were so desperate for a job, wouldn't you be willing to sign a waiver? Which apparently was a standard waiver, but I think it's fair to say a standard waiver is not standard for Colin Kaepernick, given all the contingencies. So I understand that line of thinking, but it's completely disregards the context, right? Which is why would, like, he can both want to play in the NFL and also want some control over the process, given everything he's been through. The fact that he did ask for control and that he stood up to them doesn't mean he doesn't want to play. It just means he's not as desperate to play as we would like him. Do you know what the pass interference challenge is? You are an (laughs) expert. Uh, You're in football expert. You love your football. You could check out her podcast with her dog, Lenny, the Mina Kime show, if you (laughs) want to be more informed about football. But if that wasn't pass interference that would be overturned on DeAndre Hopkins, then what would be? And there was one in the Arizona game that was overturned. So 
I, I really don't understand yeah. what I'm watching. Yeah, they, they're just trying to get coaches not to challenge it. That's, I mean, it's been the message all season. Don't but why? do this. I think they wanted to concede to the competition committee and Peyton by changing the rules. And then after they made that concession, they wanted to show everyone that it was a dumb rule. That's the only possible explanation. Before, at the beginning of the season, we thought, well, maybe if there's an extreme case, they'll do it. Or maybe they're saving it for the playoffs, which is still a possibility. But given everything that's happened, the only possible explanation is that they don't want to do it. Are you floored by what Lamar Jackson is doing? The fact that they have a better offense than the Kansas City Chiefs uh, when they told you this offseason that this is exactly what they were going to do and not even Belichick could stop it. Yeah. I am. I mean, I'm floored by the improvement in his passing. I thought it was possible. Lamar Jackson was always very good at reading the field, reading defenses. He just couldn't place the ball there all the time. He was not an accurate passer last year. Like, we don't have to rewrite history and pretend like he's been this great all along. He struggled on outs in particular. That's what Dominique Foxworth and I did a story on him in college. We both came to that sort of realization about him but he has been better at every level on the field he's still not the most accurate passer in the nfl but he has been a very good passer this season but if i told you like a year ago he'd be 66 percent completion percentage well, i think be, people would be, be floored no, by be the best offense in the league right uh and you can't hold them under 30 points i would not have seen that rate of improvement coming also the defense is really good as well they've been phenomenal since the peters trade and how phenomenal how phenomenal since ta- uh, trading for marcus right. peters. it's not all because of marcus peters that's just the time frame but um they've been ranked at the top of the league in pressure percentage better than every other team uh they're they played russell wilson deshaun watson and tom brady and statistically they made them all look like blake bortles that's how good they've been well, tom brady's starting to look like blake bortles <laughs> mike don't say it i care about you i mean three games without a passing mike. touchdown just saying the beginning of the end mike nine and one how dare you mike well, steal my take from five years ago <laughs> that he was done it was seven was it seven years ago <laughs> I, you convinced me that i said that when i didn't say that i just said that deep ball accuracy is the first thing to go on an old quarterback Getting old sucks, pass interference sucks, Hawk and Crowder, they don't suck. There's some Miami guys, we're going to hear from them next, plus some Miami music on this Miami Monday. It's the Best of the Joe Show. The Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. This is some Miami's own Lemon City Trio. Sing a simple song, loving it. Be sure to check them out as they perform around town. Be sure to check out Hawk and Crowder afternoons from 3 to 6 here on 560 The Joe. If you didn't hear them earlier today, here's what you missed on the Best of the Joe Show. So from the weekend, my uh, my takeaways, I guess, Dolphins lose. Colin Kaepernick and his NFL tryout, I'm not exactly certain what happened there. It was a big old mess. Yes. Tua Tonga-Valoa out for the season, maybe more. I mean, we're going to talk with Dr. Chuck Metzger today. He's our medical advisor on the program, find out, because that's a, a serious, as obviously uh, evidenced by uh, him being flown by helicopter. It's a yes. serious injury, and that really changes the plans for the Miami Dolphins. Because he has to drop in the draft now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And now you've got this question. Question, do you take him in the first round no matter where you get a chance to grab him? Because he's going to fall, and you've got three picks now. Yes, when you have three picks, you could take him later. Do you take even uh, – I saw Adam Beasley suggesting – I think it was Adam Beasley. I think uh, Beasley was suggesting take two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Take Fromm and Tangavaloa. And uh, you know what? i got to find Adam Beasley's tweets because it was interesting. The Heat, by the way, they keep on winning. Panthers look great Saturday night, and it is Miami FIU week. Not only is it 
at Dolphins Browns week, which is fun just because of the personalities involved. But it is Miami FIU week, and so uh, I'm excited for uh, for everything we have to get to. And that's at Marlins Park, right? That's at Marlins Park, correct? Hold on, let me see what. Uh, give me a ticket. I might go to that. That's one. That's gonna be a tough ticket to get. Yeah. The uh, I got a text from Lee Sterling who is a professional sports handicapper. He had had a rough few weeks with us, had a rough run. <laughs> he changed his song. He went 4-1 and one this weekend. Ooh. Now, Rob Pizzola, I think, went 1-6. and six. I'll get to oh, that uh, in a bit. But uh, Lee Sterling had a pl- uh, plus weekend, and he texted me today, if you're interested in betting the Miami Hurricanes, Hurricanes right now are like 18 or 19-point favorites over FIU. He said, put it in early because... He said that's going to go over 21 easily. Like, there's no reason that the Hurricanes shouldn't be a, an over 21 favorite in that are we, game. Are we locked in? Not yet. Let's lock in now. Let's see we what Adam him. Beasley tweeted because it was Canes are playing now. Canes have looked good the last couple yes. weeks, no doubt. Can you make my headphones a touch uh, louder, Adrian? I used to have a uh, control myself, but I can't control it. Yeah, even a little <laughs> bit louder. Now I have to ask someone. Fine. But he, he had said via Twitter, Adam Beasley from the Miami Herald had said via Twitter, take take two quarterbacks. And someone tweeted back at him and said, that's crazy. Like, you don't do that. And then he had an example of that being done. I think it was the, Dol- uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys took Troy Aikman and Steve Walsh in the same draft, and they ended up winning three Super Bowls. You know, like, there, there's something to be said. When you've got as much draft stock as the Dolphins do, it's certainly something to consider because you remember uh, when Willis McGahee got hurt in that bowl game for the Hurricanes? Yeah. And who was it? Buffalo that took a chance yep. on him? You know, and it was like, oh, do you really want to, like, Tua, and had a heck of an NFL career. Tua, I mean, are you writing him off? Not is, at he, all. is he too fragile? I, I'm with Beasley. If it's quarterback one, Tua, or Tua, Jalen Hurts, second round. I'm with taking two quarterbacks, and then as Tua, I, I don't think I don't think Tua will be back to Tua form with this injury and all. And everybody, I love Dr. Chuck coming on, so he can really tell us. But now I'm, I try to become a, a, a pseudo doctor. Listen to all this hip dysplasia. Oh, he shattered the back wall of his hip. I don't really know what it means. Everybody was saying it's a long recovery. And so I'm saying Tua's a 2021 starter. You might have to give him a year or so to get back into what he's doing. Right. Take another quarterback. Let Tua sit on the shelf and get healthy. Let them compete. If Tua recovers faster, now you have a trade piece with that other guy. If it's Jalen Hurts, if it's Fromm, if it's Herbert. Take one of those guys, have Tua, and let them compete. I think it's honestly the opposite of the criticism we had with Tannehill, to have no competition his entire career. Bring a guy in early and give him competition. Now there's an asterisk next to it because Tua's hurt, but let him get recovered and let him compete with the young guy. I think it's a genius idea. I think, uh, and again, it's the luxury of having three picks in the first round. I mean, it's a real luxury. Now, can you, could you benefit more by filling in different holes and being able to key in on a quarterback? For sure. Problem is now, this is a different situation. It is a different situation. So let's say the Bengals draft first. They can't take two at number one overall, can they? I don't know. I mean, Dr. Chuck obviously can give us a little clarity on that, but man, would you, knowing that he might not even be ready next season, like you say, could you use the number one overall on Tua? I wouldn't right now. Let's say the the Dolphins stay at three wins and the Redskins mess around and win some more. Well, actually, the Bengals are going to have to do it. So they mess around and win four games. I don't know how the hell they'll do it. But the Dolphins are sitting at number one. You asked me this the night before the draft, I can't draft the guy first round that's not going to be ready next season. Now, what if your second first I mean, round first pick, picks what if your second first round pick is 15 or 18 and you think Tua might be gone by then? That'll be the tough part. 
that'll be the wheeling and dealing and figuring out and talking and scouts and talking to other GMs because that's what I'm thinking. The second or third pick in the first round or the first pick in the second round is where you can try to FUD getting to a Tonga Vailoa. But that's what I would want to do. I would still bring him in. I just wouldn't – I wouldn't – I couldn't go top five with a guy. I don't know if he's going to recover. I mean, this really – takes the the plan if the plan was Tua the entire time we don't know no right and we know that they're obviously targeting a quarterback but we're not a hundred percent certain that it's been Tua could have been from right could have been Herbert like you you don't know the Giants you know they uh they took uh Daniel Jones earlier than people thought that was the guy that they had targeted I don't know who the plan is but if the plan for an entire season has been Tua Tagovailoa. This is a huge hiccup in that plan. Yeah. And now the brain trust. Omar points this out. Is it Omar? I got to look on Twitter again. Stephen Ross wanted Lamar Jackson. And what's more troubling that they didn't take him or that Chris Greer, who was ostensibly in charge of personnel decisions, said no. He's not He's not the right guy, and is that the guy you want making this very uh, difficult decision now when it comes to the first round of next year's draft? But it was also 30 other teams because the Ravens did pull the trigger at 32. The Dolphins didn't – you know, Dolphins didn't value Lamar Jackson, but if you – Want to want to be honest? The other thirty teams didn't value Lamar Jackson either. So if you want to question Chris Greer on Lamar Jackson, you have to question thirty-one GMs, not just Chris Greer. But I see what you're saying. Well, the only Do you difference, want that guy making this second decision. The only difference that I would say though is that you had the owner saying that's the guy we should take, yeah. and someone actively saying no, you're wrong. You know what I mean? But, like no, you're wrong. Let's be, Hawk. You view this. The media, radio. You're more vetted than me. You're just you know this this realm of life way better than me. If I come and give you some advice on how to do radio or how to adjust something, you're gonna you're gonna look at me kind of funny. Like, hey, Crowder, this is this is my thing. Oh, I get it. Stephen Ross questioning Chris Greer about football. You would have to look. I know he owns a team. He's a right. billionaire. He's a billionaire genius real estate guy. No, I happen to love the fact that Chris Greer said no, you're wrong, and I love the fact that Stephen Ross said okay. I trust yeah. your decision. Yeah. You saw with the Marlins, you know, Jeffrey Loria would override his baseball personnel and went out and signed John Buck, the the catcher. I think Heath Bell was a uh, was a Jeffrey Loria joint. So I like what transpired where whoever's in charge of the personnel can say, no, you're wrong. I don't care that you're writing the checks. And the person writing the checks says, okay, I defer to you. It's why you're here. The problem is... He was wildly wrong on this, Chris Greer. <laughs> that messes Lamar it up. Jackson, you'd have had your quarterback unless you think that he's a flash in the pan. But, man, and I was so wrong on that Houston game yesterday. Yeah. I thought Deshaun Watson was going to light uh, the Ravens up. I thought it was going to be the reverse of what we saw yesterday. We had money on Houston. I, I really thought it was going to be the reverse. I didn't think it was going to be the reverse. I thought it would be a high scoring on both sides. Actually, the game yesterday – showed me a lot more about the Ravens' defense because I respect Deshaun Watson yes. like I respect Lamar Jackson. So Jackson's good. I just thought, hey, Deshaun, you should be able to do a little more. DeAndre Hopkins, and we saw, saw the memes. He was getting held. Referee, and you can question that and all. But, yes, I was surprised by how good the Ravens' defense is to add to what Lamar and Mark Ingram and those guys on offense are doing. Man, Lamar Jackson looked good. Let's uh, let's get headlines here because we do have the Brian Flores press conference coming up at 2.30. I want to make sure to get to that. So let's get headlines with Alejandro Solana. So, yeah, guys, the big news is Tua Tango Bailoa. He did undergo surgery on his right hip this morning in Houston. And according to Alabama, his prognosis is excellent. All right. Obviously, everybody's rooting 
rooting for him. I mean, you don't ever want to see that happen to to a kid like that with uh, with the magnitude of the injury that it is. It's the injury, I guess, everyone's been saying that Bo Jackson had that yes. took him out of the NFL. But um, apparently, and we'll talk with Dr. Chuck, but apparently was caught earlier. So the blood issue or the dead tissue issue yeah. That happened with Bo Jackson, didn't happen with Tua, but still a significant injury. Did you watch Tua on the video after the injury? On the ukulele? That, no, I'm talking about as soon as he got hurt. Yes. How he was holding his leg, and then he broke his nose, too, yep. so he's leaking. That looked bad, man. Yeah. No, it uh, looked it, like a disaster. He couldn't move his lower body. I thought it was spinal. Yeah. yeah spinal. It looked, <laughs> spinal. <laughs> and broke I, my back. And I know one thing about this, this Tua situation. I saw people criticizing Nick Saban for having him in the game. It is the first half. I wouldn't, and I know you hate Nick Saban, Hawkeye. And it's I don't the even, first I don't even blame him. I, that criticism to me is so unfounded. If this was, if they were up by 40 halfway through the fourth quarter, I am with everyone criticizing Nick Saban. The first half, you want to bench your starter. Please stop that narrative. And, and what he said thing. after the game was, we were going to take him out the next series, but we wanted to get him some practice running the two-minute drill, which, by the way, that is what you do when you're shellacking somebody in the first half. You give some guys an opportunity maybe to run an offense that they haven't haven't had to run in a while like you're getting them ramped up for the SEC championship game and uh you know they're hoping still the playoffs and whatnot so I I, I as much as I would love to have a problem with Nick Saban <laughs> I would I, I I give any any opportunity to criticize him as a great opportunity and I just don't see it do those fans think that coaches sit around and say Hey, let me score one more touchdown so I cannot let my quarterback get his hips dislocated. Like that's not the way it goes. Right. You're trying to play football. You're trying to prepare. I don't. I want to know how many people bench their starting quarterback before halftime because that's just. It, I don't know the, if you can do the research on it, but that narrative is so dumb to me. Tua was going to play till half. They were going to pull him out. But yeah, don't blame that on Nick Saban. That was a man getting hit by a bunch of big ass dudes. Happens. His hip fell out of place. His nose got dislocated. Maybe he needs to drink a little more milk or something, man. <laughs> he needs I don't more know, milk. He needs a little more milk. What else you got, Solana? The Dolphins, of course, lose 30-20 to to Buffalo yesterday. Brian Flores coming up at 2.30 p.m. And next Sunday, it's the Dolphins in Cleveland. They're at plus 10.5 to open up. All right. Plus ten and a half in Cleveland. Also, you said uh, what did you say they lost? Thirty to twenty. Thirty-seven to twenty. Thirty-seven to twenty. He did yeah. say right, Adrian. Yeah, Adrian. And I looked at each other. He no, said thirty to twenty. Adrian doesn't know what he's talking about. All right, love I you, Adrian. He's gonna attack Adrian now. <laughs> Escape goat now, bro. The Bears pulled Mitch Trubisky in their loss to the Rams yesterday. Might be the worst game I've ever watched. By the way, Mitch says he sustained a hip injury, which is why they pulled him from that game. That uh, that Bears team is as disappointing a team as you ever see based on what expectations were and what's happening we can we can pretty much say that guy's garbage right Mitch Trubisky Mitch is bad I mean I think he's bad <laughs> I, they have no offense with him nope none they cannot move the ball and he doesn't have great weapons but he has some weapons he's got some weapons but he just can't utilize yeah them. it's uh that it is a uh, ugly uh ugly situation and then that Eddie Pinheiro he can't uh hit a field goal I mean they, it's a disaster there in Chicago I feel bad for my guy Waddle and Silva <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Waddle. Anything else, uh, Solana? Yeah, on the uh, the tank news, the Bengals did lose yesterday to the Oakland Raiders, who are now 6-4, and four, and that was their third consecutive victory. They're tied 
they're out on the outside looking in of the wild card, but they are tied with the Texans, who are also 6-4. and four. Old Chucky and Mike Mayock getting it done in Oakland. Anything else? And finally, guys, Burger King is being sued by vegans who want their impossible burgers cooked without meat-based contamination. Right. Uh, I don't know how you do that if you're Burger King. Everything there is revolving around meat. So if you're now going to cook a meatless patty on the same grill, if that bothers you, my guess would be don't go to Burger King if you're vegan. Bingo. I, I, I don't – I mean, that's – rather than, rather than sue them – First of all, how badly do you need to go to Burger King? That's, that's what that's, I'm. You know what? I'm like, with you on that one. Lawsuit worthy? Like I want to eat here so badly. I don't eat meat, but I want to eat at Burger King so badly. I need to sue them to make sure that the food is cooked appropriately for me. Like, who loves Burger King that much? I don't know. Are there fat vegans? I oh yes. yeah 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 There's for sure. Fat vegans? Yeah, vegan is how not a you? healthy vegans. They they eat um, McDonald's uh, uh, hash browns all day long. French fries, like really? oh yeah, that's there's a difference between being a vegetarian oh, and a vegan. I see, I'm confused by those two terms. Yeah, there's plenty of fat vegans. So no fat vegetarians. Aren't there fat vegans, Amanda? There's fat vegans. Yeah, yeah. Big fat vegans. Yeah, because you could eat chips all day long, right? Oh. Yeah, carbs all day long. She's saying. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. they can right. make a vegetarian burger. You, uh, I'm sorry, a vegetarian burger. Well, I, I you're saying a vegetable burger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they have that. But if you cook it on the meat with the griddle with the meat, it's going to be the same lawsuit. Oh, well. Sorry, Burger King. <laughs> I mean. I tried to help them. It I just seems like you yeah. can go somewhere else. I learned that there's fat vegans. I'm oh, surprised. Oh, yeah. It's not the healthiest lifestyle. See, that, I think that's the misnomer that vegan is Wrong. healthy. So you're no, telling it me is, it big is. ass vegans? No, but it's not that it's not healthy. It's the fact that it's not a lifestyle where you're necessarily guaranteed to be slim. I think that's no. the, 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 the issue there. We're like, just because you're vegan doesn't mean you'll be skinny but it is healthier in the sense that you're not taking in a lot of red meat and which which will kill you in the future i said it's not low calorie right right you can, i'm telling you you can eat potato chips and hash browns all day long you can go get a pizza you take the cheese off it but you still got the tomato paste and all the bread and whatever you could eat the entire pizza like there there's it's Man, it's get you a burger in so big fat healthy ass <laughs> you, you ain't saying anything to me that i don't understand <laughs> And I that is what I'm talking about. I know a couple of fat vegans, so yeah, there are fat vegans. I don't know if they actually eat at Burger King. You got to come back and get more, though, at the Best of the Joe Show tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. We're done for now. Monday night football coming up in just a few minutes. My man Danny G will take you through that. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.